The Maple Leafs suffered their first defeat of the season to the Chicago Blackhawks. And through three games, there are some concerning trends that are appearing. We'll recap the game and discuss what does have us concerned on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On at Least podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Hopefully not many people, I guess, used uh, that, uh, that, that code to go to that game. Uh, although it would have been nice to go see Connor Bedard's first game in Toronto. But a loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, they lose 4-1 to one to the Chicago Blackhawks. And boy, that was an ugly one, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, not pretty, Mike. Not pretty at all. Uh, mm-hmm. With this team, we were we were kind of laughing in a group chat I had that, you know, you look at everything going into this game and it's just the script was already written for this to be an ugly Leafs loss. Yeah. It's always funny in hindsight when you look at it and and you just see, Oh, they're supposed to win this game. Oh, they're favored large against a relatively unknown goaltender. Surely they should be able to win this game by five, six goals. No, that's, that's not how the Leafs operate. That is just, it isn't true. Typically they lose these games and look, I, I'm not sounding any alarms. Like we're only three games in the team, you know, they're two and one on the year, which is perfectly fine. Um, But what I will say is there are some concerning trends that are starting to pick up here. Right. I think we can start by discussing, you know, how poor this team has been playing in their own zone. And it really carried into tonight's game, which is the biggest reason why they lost. I mean, yeah, you only score one goal and I'll, I'll tip my cat to, to solder Blom. You know, he, he actually played decently well, made some stops, but the Leafs in their own end or, or when they made bad mistakes, I mean, it came back to cost them. And, and that's really been a theme throughout the first few games. Go look at every single goal that has been scored on the Maple Leafs this year. I guarantee you there's been a defensive miscue within five seconds of that puck getting up in the back of the net. It's exactly what happened for most of the goals again tonight. Yeah, it, it's beating yourselves more than the other team beating you at times, right? Oh, like, don't the Leafs know how to do that well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, we want to leave Corey Perry alone on a breakaway? Sure, why not? He was already chirping guys all night along. Give him another reason to just give it to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jake McCabe, go ahead. Terrible pinch. Leave John Klingberg to defend a two-on-one by himself. Yeah, he's great at doing those. Exactly. Like it's, it really is uh, not not the best uh, out of the Maple Leafs, and it's been a, a growing theme here for Toronto. So, I mean, that's something that's got to get cleaned up. I think the most like the concerning part about it is it seems as though after each game, Sheldon Keefe has come out and said, "Yeah, there's things to clean up. We got to get better defensively." And he echoed that after the Montreal game and after the Wild game, and things aren't getting better, Dave. Like they just for whatever reason, continue to just make crazy lackadaisical mistakes in their own end. 
Like what this it's again, it's only three games. So we're not going to, the sky's not falling, but it is a concern and something to watch going forward. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah, it definitely is because they, they could have easily have, they could easily be one and two considering what happened in that Montreal game, what they had to do to even get that game to go to overtime and the shootout. Like a yeah, lot of these issues were happening. Well, well, Minnesota, Minnesota, they're up three one, a four one, and Minnesota kind of clawed themselves back into the game right before the third period. Toronto took it back. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's been they haven't really had a comfortable win. I thought tonight had a chance to be that against the Hawks. Like, I mean, I my bet of the night that I had over on covers was for the least to cover the puck line. I, I thought they were going to win by a couple goals, win big, and. Just not uh, not the case tonight. Matthews wasn't able to find the back of the net. The lone goal scorer was the captain, uh, John Tavares. But you know who else didn't find the back of the net was was Cutter Bedard. And weirdly enough, somehow the Chicago Blackhawks scored four goals, and Connor Bedard didn't get a single point off of any of those. And the Maple Leafs still lost four to one. He had his chances. I'll tell you that. Like Joseph Wall had his number in this game because there were some. What I like from seeing from Connor Bedard is kind of what I saw in the other games I watched from is that like he's got great puck skills. He can yeah. break out. He can be dangerous off the rush. And he finds himself, he finds ways to get those goal scoring angles, similar to Austin Matthews in a lot of ways. Yeah, he made a move on John Klingberg, just absolutely turned him inside out and made a yeah. strong cut to the net. Wasn't able to really get a good, good look, a good shot off. But like that's the type of stuff where you're like, Man, like th- this kid can dance and he can get by guys, right? He's not the like fastest player, and, and I think that's that's something that he's going to work on over the course of his career to try and be, you know, a, a better skater, a faster skater. He's a good skater, not a fast skater. There's a difference, right? Um, but what he can do is is he can really rip the puck and he can shoot and he can find lanes. And he did that. Joseph Wall kind of, you know, did his best to make sure that those didn't go into the back of the net. I guess he succeeded in that regard but you know bedard decent first showing in uh in toronto i guess you could say the team won right the team won and he was going up against matthews for for you know a, a majority of the night and you know his line came up came up with the, the w's i guess like held them off the score sheet mitch marner was inexistent tonight like what why why is mitch marner coming up blank against chicago chicago it's not a good team dave well, they may be a little better than we thought, but still, Marner should be one of the best players in a game like this, and he wasn't. He wasn't, and it, like that's a problem. Like you know, I I can understand the the strides Mitch Marner has taken defensively, and he does some good things defensively. But you know, when we're talking about paying all these Leaf guys, Mitch Marner should be like salivating a chance to go up against the Chicago Blackhawks. And you see the guys you're going to have to go up against and be like, yeah, I'm going to do some damage on these guys. And then he come into this game and just like, did he really do a lot of positive things? He did. I, there was like the nice move he made to set up Tavares in front where he does the drop back and Tavares like gets robbed because yeah. Soderblom is apparently Dominic Kasich 2.0 for the Blackhawks <laughs> tonight. For but, the night, for the night, as per usual. Because then he'll go back to normal after this. But Mitch Marner, for me, it's like I look at what William Nylander did in this game, yeah. and how he was just 
on it all game long. And yep. Mitch Marner, how many times did we hear his name in a positive way tonight? Yeah, there there wasn't a lot, not a lot. Um, but like he'll 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 bounce back and he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not not a good night for him. I just thought overall for the offense, I was kind of surprised. Like when I went and I looked at the the advanced numbers and I saw that they had like 3.92 expected goals tonight kind of surprised me just because I felt like they weren't all that sharp, right? I I really didn't think that the Maple Leafs were a sharp team tonight. Um, I thought that they were kind of sloppy in in the offensive end. The puck was bouncing all over the place. They couldn't connect on a pass. Um, Anytime that somebody would center it, it it seemed like it would go into the skates or the stick of the defenseman, and they weren't able to complete that pass. Like there was a couple times where, you know, Matthews did a good job of cutting – you know, splitting the D in a way and cutting through and, and had an opportunity if they could make a tape-to-tape pass to send him in all alone. But then the pass would end up just getting flubbed and and it would take away that scoring chance. And, you know, there's a couple of uh, other opportunities that I thought that they the Leafs had, but, you know, just weren't able to handle the puck cleanly. And then by the time they were able to settle it, you know, Chicago was able to close. So I just thought that there was uh, a lot of miscues offensively, defensively, um, you know, special teams. They, they gave up a goal. They weren't able to score um, on on uh, on their power play opportunities. So they, they kind of lost the game in, in all aspects, realistically, which you don't expect to happen against the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's, again, it's only three games. We will say that it's only three games, but there are some concerning trends that are starting to uh, to pop up. One in which is what's going on with one Jake McCabe. Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, spoiler, Jake McCabe's going to show up, Dave. He's going to show up there because I got some words for uh, old Jakey boy. So we'll get to all that and more in a little bit. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsor, and it's our good pals over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry uh, when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. What are some of the things that you like about the Game Time app? Well, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show up for your totals and uh so you won't be getting it. you'll be getting a great deal without the hidden fees. You can buy your tickets with two simple taps. Uh, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets, too. You can find exclusive flash deals on sponsored deals on tickets for football, hockey, baseball, uh, concerts, and so much more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets on the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets guaranteed. Low price. Today's episode is also brought to you by AG1 by Athletic Greens. Keeping up with proper nutrition is really hard. You're busy, you're stuck at your desk, you're eating whatever you can just to get you through your day. What if you can start your day with the ultimate daily nutritional assurance? With a single scoop of AG1 and a glass of water, you can do just that by absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens 
to help start your day right. Blood of Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day, which just isn't sustainable. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own, all for around $3 a day. So if a comp comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got my main man, Dave Morissuti, my co-host with me today. We're a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, we appreciate you giving us a chance. If you're an everydayer who listens, we uh, we appreciate you as well for sticking with us and rocking with us every day. But if you are new, you can find us wherever you stream your podcast uh, for audio. You can also find us up on YouTube, Locked On Leafs. So we appreciate it if you, you know, Give us a like and, and subscribe and hit the little notification bell as well so you know when we drop new content each and every weekday. You want to stay locked into what's going on with the Maple Leafs all season long, and uh, we'll we'll have that covered for you guys. Uh, speaking of being locked into the Maple Leafs, tonight, not the best game, Dave. Uh, and for the first time all season, we got to do uh, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? First couple nights. Got some wins. We got to do the three stars. But as we do after every loss, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? So let's start off with some positives. We've done a lot of crap talking on the Maple Leafs uh, tonight. Why don't we start with, you know, some positives that we liked. What was good about this game? I thought Will and Neander was really good. Dominant, he, man. He he was, the, I think he deserved a better result from what he provided in terms of effort in this game. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I thought I that thought Willie wasn't bad either. Like, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: when you consistently had the guys in front of you just leaving you out to dry, and and you're forced mm -hmm. to take on these two on ones and these break breakdowns, that look, you're not going to win a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, he was he would have had to have been Superman in order to to win this game, considering Toronto only scored one goal. So, yeah, although he took the loss, and and you look at it, he allowed three tonight. One was an empty netter, so he allowed three. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't bad. Absolutely. He wasn't, um, you like, you just want to see him maybe bail your team out on one or two of those, but it's also like, give the guy, like he bailed them out quite a bit on some other chances that were really difficult to, as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I, I, I certainly of all the players, I guess you could say who had like good nights. There, there weren't many of them. Willie is one for sure. Uh, definitely. I, I think you could put, Joseph Wall in that category, I guess. And uh, I mean, despite not hitting the score sheet and even though his partner wasn't great, uh, I thought that Austin Matthews was still pretty good tonight. Like I thought at the very least offensively, especially late in that game, it looked like he was getting back to being that hat trick type of player. I think he had nine shots on goal tonight. He played like 26 and a half minutes or something like it. He played a lot. Like that dude was on the ice a lot. He was killing penalties. Um, there was that one penalty kill actually where him and Marner, that was probably the best Marner looked all night. Realistically, it was on that one penalty yeah. kill and they had a couple opportunities there. Uh, Forgot but, they were on the penalty kill at one point in that whole sequence. Yeah. It was like a minute 40. They killed off like a full minute 40 of the penalty kill. 
and they were the ones in the offensive zone basically the whole time. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I thought, you know, Matthews was pretty good tonight. Um, but outside of that, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot, a lot was left to be desired. I would say from most Maple Leafs tonight. I uh, know. I, I agree. I think, uh, that's one of those games where, again, someone in that room should be standing up and saying, is this how it's going to go against these sort of teams? Cause we're going to see very similar results if we keep doing that. Yeah. Well, who is that? Dave, like who, who is that guy? Cause it's not anyone who's been there for the last couple of years. Cause they keep doing it. Is it, is it Ryan Reeves? Is Ryan Reeves supposed to be that guy? Right. Is Tyler Bertuzzi supposed to be that guy? Max Domi supposed to be that guy. Cause if it was someone who was in the room, you'd think they would have said it by now. Cause it's yeah. a couple of years where they've, you know, kind of played uh, down to their opponents, but I digress. Uh, bad. What was bad about tonight? Well, bad let's i think that i mean let's go with uh power play i, yeah, I thought power play should have been mu- they had their opportunities and they you know again didn't seem like they were really set at times weren't they were trying to force plays it was like doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result you know austin matthews i felt should have been in shooting positions more like at one point it was him and Tavares in front of the net. I'm just like, what? Like, get he's supposed to be shooting the puck, right? I know he can deflect the puck, but John Klingberg wasn't really shooting a lot uh, from the point. You know, we weren't seeing that double setup between Mar- uh, with Matthews and Nylander to spread the penalty killers out. Like that stuff wasn't happening. They, were, I don't know. I, I just didn't like the power play at all tonight. Yeah. Um... It wasn't. It was great. I guess. Yeah, wasn't good. I, we. I'm gonna go back to another theme that we had kind of in that first segment where it's like growing trends that that are starting to become concerning. I didn't think the fourth line had another good night. Like, sure, you saw Ryan Reeves stirring the pot early. Noah Gregor got into a fight, but ultimately they didn't. They didn't really do anything again tonight. And when they were out there, they often. You know, we're, we're in their own end a lot of the times. And, and you look at the numbers, they gave up four scoring chances. Three of them were high danger chances. And uh, I didn't like their game again. Um, I, 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 I'm thinking about this, or I thought about this the other day. I was watching the Canucks-Edmonton game, and I saw Sam Lafferty score a goal. And I'm thinking to myself, Sam Lafferty would be a much better fit on this fourth line than... Ryan Reeves. Now is not the time to get into that Reeves conversation. I think we can get into it maybe, maybe a little later or pro- potentially tomorrow. But you know, I'm I just continue to look at this fourth line and think to myself, they don't look good. David Camp has not played well at all, and I I don't know if it's because the guys around him aren't uh, aren't helping him out or what the situation is. I think he did well in the faceoff dot tonight, but first couple of night games. Wasn't winning faceoffs either, and that was kind of his bread and butter for a while. So there's some concerns with that fourth line and whether or not they're going to be good enough. And, you know, neither the third or the fourth line really have generated much offense either, right? And you can't rely on a hat trick every night from Austin Matthews to win a game. So nights like tonight where Matthews doesn't find the back of the net, you got to get one from, you know, your bottom six. You got to find ways to grind out goals and, and get them from your your depth, that secondary and tertiary scoring, and we've really yet to see it. 
um, so far this season outside of that one, I guess the first goal Noah Gregor scored, but since then, not really much else um, unless your name's Matthews or, or Nylander or someone in that top six. So I think, uh, yeah, that's the, the, the depth, I guess, would be my my concern. That bottom six, not doing a whole lot to to help this team win games. No, and, and like even the third line hasn't really done no. much either, right? Like the whole bottom six, you're right, has has failed to really have an impact. And that's that's been the theme of this team for years, right? It was supposed to all be different this year because they were going to, you know, spread things out potentially with Nylander being at center and go with three lines deep in terms of offense. And that all changed, you know, when they decided we'll give Fraser Minton his chance. And you're starting, like, I understand why they wanted to do this with Fraser Minton, but we're starting to, Fraser Minton start to see, you know, what it takes to be in the NHL every day, right? He had his chances. He had two opportunities to score a goal, and both of the times he failed to pull the, pull the trigger, unfortunately. Those are learning moments for him. That's good. But now I think we're starting to see that, you know, if this bottom six can't get it together, there's going to be too much pressure put on that top six to have to carry things for a whole game. Yeah, no, it's it, it definitely is uh, is something that they've got to figure out here and get going. All right, let's take a break because I feel like the ugly might take a, a little bit longer to flesh out and explain. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll get to what some of the ugliness was from that 4-1 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our pals at FanDuel. Snap into the NHL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On at least podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We're continuing our post-game analysis from the Maple Leafs 4-1 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. We... Uh, already went through what we liked about the game, what we thought was kind of bad about the game, and now this is where we really dig into some of the stuff that was horrendous out there. And uh, for me, Dave, I'm 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 going to take the floor here for about a second. For me, what's been real ugly so far is Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe's been been terrible so far this season, uh, and, and that pairing just is not working. That second pair. That first goal was was just a mess of a play by by that parent, right? Jake McCabe tries to pinch and leaves his man high and dry, and then you've got Klingberg trying to defend a two on one. You got McCabe chasing the play and makes a wrong read, and all of a sudden you got a you know off the rush breakdown. You got a guy in front, and it's one nothing, and it's Jake McCabe who you know that that was kind of the play was started there, and I, I just I had to go and look and see for myself because in my mind I'm like. Kane's been on the ice for a lot of goals, man. Like he's been doing this really all season long. Uh, it feels like oh, it's only been three games, but I feel like it's it's a, another consistent theme that we talk about. And he leads the NHL so far. He's been on the ice for six goals against at five on five 
He was on the ice for the penalty, uh, the the uh, goal against on the PK tonight as well. So that's seven goals that he's been on the ice for 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 seven games. He's got expected goals of like thirty percent so far uh, this season. Like my big thing for him is he's just consistently out of position. He's pinching too much. He activates when he's in the offensive end more than a couple of times. Tonight, I'm thinking to myself, why are you below the goal line? It makes zero sense, including on that first goal. That was a big issue for that play breaking down. And I just want someone to look him in the eyes and be like, you're a shutdown guy. That's what you're supposed to be. And maybe we've all labeled him as that, but if he's going to be John Klingberg's partner, he can't be doing that type of stuff because that leaves Klingberg on an island. And that's why this team's expected goals when those two are out there on the ice is like 30% because they consistently are making errors and they're leaving each other out to dry and they're just not covering up. They're making bad decisions, making bad pinches, and it's resulting in a lot of play going the other way in transition. And they're left trying to defend and, and it's ended up killing them five times so far as a duo. They've been on the ice for a goal against that five on five. And we're only three games into the season. Um, I, it's, it's a serious concern for me at this point that we're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at McCabe's game and man, I'm, I'm not liking it, not liking it. I, and I don't blame you. It hasn't looked good because you see who's on the ice on the goal scored. See, 22 and three. It's not like we knew there were going to be some concerns about Klingberg defensively, but we thought Jake McCabe would be able to step up in some ways. So the question really is, are they asking too much of him? Right. Is Jake McCabe just not capable of playing top four where he has to carry the load defensively? So here, here's the thing. And, and maybe that is the case. But that shouldn't be the case against Chicago, Dave. No, it should not, not be the case against Chicago. All right. No. Last year in the playoffs, he was exposed by Florida. Okay. Florida's a good team. They're a deep team. But this shouldn't be happening against Chicago, man. No, not at all. And that's that's the concerning part for me is that these are supposed to be easier matchups. Cause like even against Montreal, who who's like, yeah, there's they got some decent players. But he's not being asked to go up against, you know, the Cole Caulfields all the time, right? He's he's getting easier matchups as the second pairing guy. So I'm wondering if they got to reshuffle a little bit here. And I, the problem is, is they, did. He, they did in the third. Uh, they did the third, the start of third period when they put Lilligren with them. But then it's like, now you got to ask Mark Jordano to play with John Klingberg, which now, you're, now it's the same issue we had with Jordano last year, which is you're going to be playing him too much because you're not going to have John Klingberg play less because you don't want to have Mark Giordano out there that much. Like, no, John Klingberg needs to play because he's supposed to be that get him up the ice sort of player, right? And use him. And he's being paid a lot of money. You can't revert to him being a third pairing defenseman. Well, let me put it this way. Um, so tonight, Jake McCabe and, uh, Actually, let me let me let me sort it out this way here. So Jake McCabe played ten minutes and sixteen seconds with John Klingberg, um, more than pretty much yeah, more than any other blue liner. Uh, Klingberg had four and a half minutes with Morgan Riley. Also played three minutes with Giordano, and yeah, those so those are but mainly Jake McCabe. 
But when he was playing with McCabe, his expected goals tonight. And again, this is they were on the ice for a goal against two. So that it's not even the expectation. They just were outscored when those who were on the ice. The expected goals is 31%. 31%. When Klingberg was not with Jake McCabe, he was 75% expected goals uh, in favor of Toronto, obviously. Now, a, a big reason for that is just deployment, right? Like when when Jake McCabe is with uh, – or when Klingberg's with McCabe, they play a little bit more in their own end. But when he's deployed elsewhere with Geo or with – Morgan Riley, they could be deployed as an offensive pairing in the ozone and try and generate some stuff. So that's kind of where you get, you know, weary when it comes to those two as a pairing and on for McCabe and, and John Klingberg. I don't know what they can do, I guess, to make a difference. They, I guess they tried tonight. We'll see what happens in the next game on Thursday. Um, they made the switch to go with McCabe and 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 Lilligren and like you said, Klingberg ended up with Giordano. But we'll see if that's a long-term fix or just a one period. All right, let's switch things up for tonight to get something going. Keith typically, when it comes to his D pairings, I feel like he's a little bit more uh stuck to them than he is with his forward lines so that will be something that i'll be keeping an eye on uh, at practice tomorrow to see all right what what does that second pair look like is it going to be klingberg and mccabe again or does he want to give them some time apart and see if they can you know get some better play out of different pairings well it, it, i'm sure he's going to probably go back to it again for the next game but you this is now I think the spotlight needs to be placed. Like if you're going to be writing, if I'm writing a game store on this, that's one of the things I'm writing about is how long, how long of a leash does Jake McCabe and John Klingberg, how long should they get as a pairing? Because guess who the next game is against the Florida Panthers who like playing against Jake McCabe, apparently. So like, that's, that's something there. If you're in your, I think it's the next three games are on the road, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. Yeah. They hit the road. You, Five are on the road. So, like, now the other team's going to get the matchups. And guess who they're going to probably want to go up against at five on five as much as possible? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you're, you're going to have to kind of, if you're Sheldon Keith, think of creative ways to, uh, to make sure that you don't get these two out on the ice in, in inopportune times. Cause so far they've shown like, yeah, they're not that great together as a pair. So uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting over the next little bit to see how things shake out there. Something else that I, I, I know you mentioned actually, like we were in the discord chat and if you haven't joined the discord, go ahead and do that. Uh, Dave, we'll, we'll put the, we'll put the link down in the show notes in the description below. You can join the, the, the discord fam, but somebody asked like, Oh, what are your thoughts on the game? And, and Dave was pretty quick to point out early on too, like eh, they're having troubles with Chicago speed. And has that not been a problem pretty much all year? Like, and the like, again, it's only three games. So like, you know, it's, it's weird to say all season, but it does appear like speed has been a bit of an issue for this lease team. Um, when it comes to, to them giving up offense and giving up chances, a lot of it's coming off the rush and they're struggling with, with, you know, teams who play with some good pace. Yeah, I mean, the, what I think usually gives the Leafs defense, you know, their strength is their ability to slow teams down in the neutral zone, right? That's where the forwards have to be more engaged. 
how can we slow teams down? Because once a t- once a, an opponent gets speed through the through the neutral zone, the Leafs are just like they don't know what to do. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they they have to sit back, easy entry to the zone, and then it's all chaos from there. That's what Chicago did. They just made the Leafs, you know, they, they the Leafs couldn't match their speed, and that that's something that teams, you know, a lot of teams are fast now. There are not a lot of slow teams in the NHL these days. No, right? If they're not fast, they're big. So trying to stop bigger players in the neutral zone isn't that much easier either. So the Leafs are going to have to really figure it out, right? Turnovers are another thing too, right? Because you turn the puck over, it's a quick transition the other way. And nothing makes things worse for a team defense when you're struggling is to be flat-footed because you turn the puck over and you got to now quickly retreat back. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some more things to kind of keep an eye on uh, as we uh, as we, we go on through the season. But these are just some early trends through the first homestand that Dave and I are seeing that have been somewhat concerning uh, so far. But plenty of time to rectify all that. There's still an opportunity for this team to go 81-1, and Dave. Still a chance. Very low. I wouldn't bet on it. But there's still a chance. Uh, that it could happen. Hopefully they can get back uh, up on the horse though on Thursday, but uh, that'll do it for us here today. We will get back at it on Wednesday. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to lockdown these podcasts on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more suiting. Follow the show as well at locked on Leafs. You can go ahead and uh, leave a like on this video. If you enjoyed it, we'd really appreciate it. Let us know down below. Is there any concerning trends that you've seen that we didn't talk about that uh, you want to see rectified in the in the you know next couple of games here? Let us know down below on YouTube or reach out to us on Twitter. We might be doing a mailbag segment too uh, at some point in the next week or two. So make sure that we have uh, uh, we'll let you know when we need questions for that. But just so you know, that'll be coming up pretty soon as well. But Dave, we'll be back with another episode for the good folks tomorrow so make sure you check back but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leaves